Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hemogrow Farmer podcast with your host, Larry Cooper. Today on episode seven, we're talking about optimal crop growth. My guests today are in the studio, Lyndon Smith, president and CEO of Biohumanetics, the maker of Humigro, Fertigold Organics, Mesa Verde Humate product lines. Since Lyndon is the son of one of BHN's founders, he's been involved with BHN and agriculture in general for most of the company's 47 years of existence. Joining us by phone, we have Barrett Smith, BHN's Eastern U.S. sales manager, and Jason Garcia, Florida sales agronomist. Lyndon, today we're talking about optimal crop growth. Help us set the stage for this topic. A lot of growers are used to providing nutrients to their crops by putting down some granular NPK fertilizer at pre-plant, then hoping that the fertilizer is broken down and is plant available when the crop needs it at various stages in the crop's growth cycle. Help us understand how there's a better way of meeting nutrient needs by providing plant-available liquid fertilizer at the exact time the crop needs it and what those various nutrient needs are over a crop's life cycle. You know, uh, Larry, thanks for that introduction. This is uh, this is perhaps the most enjoyable topic to talk about at Biohumanetics because these particular products or this series of products really allows the grower to have fun. It allows the field representative to have fun, but the grower to have a lot of fun. And the reason why is because with this suite of products in the optimal growth manager uh, arena, you can paint that plant to have any kind of response that you want. In other words, we manipulate the plant to do what we want it to do when we want it to do it through nutrition. And uh, the genius of how these products were put together, they're very complex. They seem very simple on the face, but behind them is a lot of technology that goes into each and every one of these products. And it's just exciting to see what you can do. So if you need a more flowering, you paint it one way. If you need more growth, you paint it another way. And if you need more uh, green, you paint it another way. If you need more fruit sizing, you paint it another way. Anyway, you have all the colors, uh, maturity. You paint it uh, with that particular product, that particular color. And you can just get anything. You can get the plant to respond uh, to these very well. And these are very rapid responses. These are not something that you apply today and expect, you know, two weeks from now to really see a difference. These are something you can apply today. And we always say three or four days. And uh, typically a grower is going to see something in a couple of days. Again, we try to undersell so that they come back to us and call us up and say, wow, you ought to see where that product went. Let me show you what I saw. Okay, cool. And Lyndon, this is a, is a different approach to growing. I've heard you talk about the concept of a windshield farmer. How are what you're talking about here different than what a windshield farmer is going to be doing? Yeah, a windshield farmer, uh, you know, what that means is somebody who's driving down the road at 60 miles an hour and says, oh, look, uh, my crops are doing just great. You know, they're not really going out in the field to understand what happens. And so when you're using these growth managers, you've got to be in the field. You've got to know what's going on and you've got to have someone who's willing to watch and see what's going on. And a really good grower is going to always be one who gets out of the truck walks out in the field and takes a look 
right up front and personal about what's going on with the leaves, what's going on with the branching, with the internodal uh, length, and being able to really evaluate his crop as as he sees it up close and personal. So yeah, so, that's a good point. So if this is a if if you have a grower who's used to putting down his his pre planned MPK and coming back in six months. We're not really talking to him. Uh, these products, they would benefit him, but he would not see the benefit. <laughs> and so he would have a very hard time uh, in being able to sustain that uh, that benefit for very long. Uh, they would see result in the yield and in the quality. But to really to really get excited about what these products can do for you. And again, these are all through the growing season. So we take we have a different growth manager at every different stage in the growing season. And, and it enhances that particular cycle or that particular stage in the plant growth. And it just makes it even more exciting and more dramatic. And uh, when you see that, all of a sudden you put the fun back into farming. And uh, it, it's, just, it's just really exciting to play with these. So if you're putting down a, a pre-plant NPK, when you're getting into these different growth stages, you're kind of rolling the dice about whether the fertilizer that the plant needs at that particular stage is available, right? A very good point. You know, uh, what's in the soil, we always talk about the soil analysis and how important that is. But the the importance of it is the following, and that is to understand the base of what you've got to build upon. And so it gives you the foundation. If you have a soil analysis that is deficient in a particular nutrient, you can know with a high degree of confidence that that crop is going to be deficient in that nutrient. On the other hand, if you have a soil analysis that comes back and is very high in a particular nutrient, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's plant available or as we like to say, bioavailable. It's nutrients that are in the storage, in the sink, but to get them available, that's a whole nother topic that we talk about when we talk about soil health and our soil activator group of products that we love to talk about as well. But in terms of really being able to manipulate the crop to do what we want it to do during the season, these optimal growth managers are really the key. And we should mention that these are liquid products when we get into them. And there are some advantages to applying nutrients through irrigation and through foliar application that are way different than just putting down the granular and, and watching it degrade, right? And become something that the plant can use. I'm nodding my head. I know you can't see that, but <laughs> well, we could hear it. We could hear the peat <laughs> rattle. So <laughs> I, I am nodding my head. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It, you know, one of the things that I've looked at over the years on granular applications, and it doesn't matter on the crop, throwing granular fertilizer out, and, and, you know, there's a lot of talk about low release and this, that, the other, but, you know, these are tested in a lab. They're not truly tested in a commercial setting. So you see granular fertilizers that say, hey, I want to give you 180 days worth of fertilizer, but it truly isn't because... With weather and moisture and things of that nature, it drastically drops that number of days that that crop is actually getting nutrition where it has to be supplemented. That's right. It may or may not be available, and it totally depends on the environmental conditions uh, 
we talk about abiotic stresses. Those abiotic stresses are going to manipulate the availability or the bioavailability of those nutrients through the growing season. So uh, it, it's a very good point. And, and so we get into foliar feeding, you know, a, a good segue here to talk about foliar feeding and how uh, we can be more efficient through foliar feeding than we can be by adding everything through the soil. We still believe you have to have that foundational soil uh, building material. And so we have a whole series of macro and micronutrients that we apply in the soil to build the soil structure and to, and to build nutrient availability from that soil sink, if you will, the sink of nutrients that's, that's in the soil. And so we try to loosen those up, free those up, make them more bioavailable through other products that we have. But in terms of these particular products that we're talking about today, the optimal growth managers, uh, just wanna say that we can apply them today and get a very quick response. We talk about our foliar feeding be, instead of being a control release or, or slow release, this is talking about immediate uptake. This is immediate release. And uh, we can apply it and within hours, uh, we can see the difference in the uh, sap analysis in a plant. And so they respond extremely quickly. The benefit of that comes from the microcarbon technology that we talk about. And that microcarbon technology gives us that immediate uh, penetration, immediate assimilation, and immediate uptake capability where it'll flow through the xylem and phloem of the, of the plant all the way down to the roots if you apply it to the to the leaves. So it's it's an exciting group of products. So and part of with this group of products that we're speaking about today really need to be honed in on the concept of hormones, right? This is what we're doing. And you were just talking about being able to do a fully or apply something and get an immediate result. So you see the plant is a bud swell. You can fully apply this product and immediately help that along. That's right. right. Yeah. And so we are not applying a hormonal product, but we are applying the triggers that cause the plant to produce its own hormones. So as opposed to a synthetic hormone or a hormone based uh, product, even if it's a natural uh, hormonal source, this is something that stimulates the plant to produce its own hormones. So these are not plant growth regulators. They're not plant growth regulators. These are plant growth managers in the truest sense where it manages the, the plant to produce its own series of hormones. So great point. Thank you very much for pointing that out. All right, well then let's move in a little bit and kind of walk through the products that we're hoping to cover today that are within our optimal growth management suite of products. So the four primary ones we're going to be talking about today are Vital, Breakout, Jackpot, and Golden Pro. Walk us through those a little bit one at a time. Let's start with Vital. What's going on with that? Well, I've always said that if I had to apply one product that would give an immediate response uh, that would be something visual that the grower will see time in and time out. Now, granted, there may be those off moments where a uh, plant is growing at its maximal growth and and it's doing just fine. And so the response is, is more minimal in that, but we do see the response at the end of the season in the yield and the quality. 
But that would be Vital. Uh, Vital stimulates the plant to produce its own gibberellins. It stimulates the internodal growth. So you get a longer inter internodal uh, length on the stem. And uh, it causes just more vigor, more energy, if you will. It's like plugging the plant in. We tease about it being something similar to Viagra for plants and, uh, and how it uh, makes everything look stronger and better. Uh, and you can see the difference. You can take, for example, a uh, an onion crop at the end of the season where it starts to bend over and uh, the leaves start to flop a little bit. And you can see that just perk back up and, and pick back up. You can see uh, crops that are damaged for one reason or another, either by a herbicide overspray or, or uh, a drought condition. As long as they get enough water back at them, you know, you, you can't apply this it doesn't take the place of water, but it can really bring a plant through an abiotic stress in a very real and quick way. And it's it's just a fun one to, to apply. So we take that one and apply it. Uh, anytime there's an abiotic stress, we can pull it through that stress with the application of, of Vital. The hormones that are talking about here are the gibberellins mostly. And uh, if you apply that, it's also going to drive roots down and increase the vegetative growth of the crop. I don't know, anything that you guys from the field have seen with Vital that you'd like to share? I've got one. Dallas Peebles in Arkansas swears by Vital that it helps the plant the vigor and the growth, but it also helps with uh, fighting off a disease of an insect because the plant's so healthy. It's able to assimilate the nutrients that it needs and use, turn that into growth and, and just have a, a stronger stronger battle to fight with and it's a lot more healthy. Very good point. Yeah. A vigorous plant is a whole lot less susceptible to any disease or any insect attack that, that might happen. Good. Well, and, and one, of the, one of the fun factors of, of the Vital is, uh, it, it, you know, and Nick did a really good job putting it together in, in a ad that we're were posting in, in the field magazine, and it was a field that was really under distress. And we took some other products, all human row products, but we, you know, but the bike call just, I had the grower call me four days later and said, Jason, the field looks a lot better. And I'm like, it's only been four days, but it made me want to go look at it. So it, it definitely does what it says it does. Sometimes you've got to, you do the planting, the seeds sprouts, and you get a, the first couple of leaves there and it kind of stalls out. Oh, cotton is it, cotton is one of the most notorious for that. It gets into that cotyledon stage and all of a sudden it just kind of sits there and waits for something to happen. It needs a trigger. And uh, boy, you can just push that early on and really uh, enhance the growth. Uh, it, it does such a such a phenomenal job. You can just see it right to the row. So you're talking about when the plant has four true leaves, that's, uh -huh. that's probably a time that you can start exactly applying that then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can do it with corn. You can do any any crop out there at all uh, that just needs a push. Uh, sometimes in a cold, wet spring, uh, there's no phosphorus and no nitrogen release going on. The, the soil becomes uh, anaerobic. And so you can really push it through that stage at that moment by throwing the Vital on it. 
And you had mentioned water stress, but there's also herbicide stress sometimes that creeps in. You bet. And what can we do with Vital on that? So um, there's there's two ways to look at it. One would be as a preventative. If you know you're going to have a an herbicide that you're going to spray down that you are knowing is going to ding your crop, then an idea might be to push out the Vital before the herbicide and really get that plant growing and vigorous before you come over the top with the herbicide. And then the other one is, of course, in a, in a, one is proactive, the other is reactive. When you see that ding happen, then you can pull it through that stress and, and regenerate the leaves, the, you know, regenerate the vitality back into the plant by spraying afterward. And maybe add a little cobalt? We love adding co- cobalt in there. Uh, cobalt is the B vitamins that overcome a lot of stress. And so uh, we like to throw a little cobalt in there. Just a couple ounces per acre makes a huge difference. If you can throw it in there, you bet. Absolutely. Anything else, gentlemen, on Vital? Yeah, one thing One thing we like to do, Lyndon, and this, uh, you might elaborate more on this, is we'll put uh, the Vital with the herbicide for a couple different reasons. One, to help the herbicide penetrate better into the weeds with due to the microcarbon technology that's in the Vital. And then also have it, uh, you know, have a, a sack lunch for the plant, the crop, that, the GMO crop that we can, or just the resistant crop that we can uh, push back up as, after it gets to being or during its being, we get it something to, to feed on to get going again. It's a good point, Barrett. Because that one's a little bit more of a technical application, I kind of avoided that. But you're right. If you have a good field man, a good scout out there working with you, if you apply it together with the herbicide in the right proportions and making sure that you are using a little lower uh, rate on the uh, on the label rate, then you can be very effective at that. One of the challenges is if you have too high of a rate, you may cause more of a ding than what you thought you would have. And on the other hand, if you have a, a too low of a rate, then you may not get the effect that you want to have on the herbicidal side. So it's a very technical application, can be done uh, effectively. And those guys that are really good artists as we'll call them, you know, crop artists, they're going to be very good at dialing that in for for a grower. So, Lyndon, you've spoken about the importance of Vital for vegetative growth and for getting the plant going at emergence. But there's another time in the crop cycle when Vital can be helpful as well. When you get into that fruit sizing stage, tell us about that. Yeah. So the other time that Vital can be extremely helpful is uh, toward the end of the season. If you see a crop that tends to early die or has a disease mid-cycle or later in the cycle, then you can pull it through that by using Vital. This is not a curative. You would add it with your pesticide, but it will really help stimulate that crop. So a good example of that would be potatoes that get a late blight or they might get early early blight late, whichever one it is, <laughs> and uh, be able to really pull that crop through and stimulate it to still grow. I, I already mentioned the, the onions later in the season, they tend to try to, to bend over on you and you can keep it growing. So you can stimulate that crop to keep going if you need another two weeks 
three weeks. In terms of fruit sizing, Vital is a great fruit sizer. It really can stimulate the growth. One of the challenges with that, it may not be as robust as you might get with a Golden Pro product. We'll talk about Golden Pro in a minute for really fruit sizing properly, but it's still in combination with some potassium and some calcium could be a great finisher or pre-finisher, if you will. The other time that Vital uh, in your indeterminate crops, Vital can be excellent to be applied in combination with the next product we'll talk about hopefully at some point would be Breakout. And uh, if you apply Vital and Breakout together in those indeterminate crops, you're not only sizing the fruit, but you're also uh, with the Breakout, you're stimulating more blossoms for for that indeterminate fruit setting, fruit sizing, fruit setting, fruit sizing, all at the same time that's going on with those indeterminate crops like a strawberry or a, a melon or a, a, you know, pick pick your fruit, you know, a, a pepper, a watermelon, some of your vegetable crops, high dollar vegetable crops. Well, and that gives us a nice segue to tell us about Breakout. What's going on with that product? Yeah, so Breakout is another one that's just so fun. I can't tell you how much uh, fun it is to see the bees come in and uh, and add extra pollination. Even when we don't have hives that we've moved into place, we will see more bees, more pollinators come in when we apply the Breakout. Uh, Breakout stimulates the the auxins, the production of cytokinins. Uh, it causes more branching, more fruiting, more flowering. Anytime that we can do it, you can even apply breakout on a fruit tree in the spring of the year when you start to see bud swell. And it, even if you apply it on the wood, it penetrates and it goes in and just causes it to be almost like popcorn popping on the apricot tree, as they say. It's uh, just a phenomenal thing, a, a lot of fun to see, a lot of fun to watch uh, what can happen with breakout. Breakout is one of those that uh, you can apply it at first bud, you can apply it at mid bud, you can apply it late bud. It's going to benefit you uh, at any one of those reproductive stages as you go through the crop. Fun thing with breakout is to apply it early. And we always say apply it early and apply it often. <laughs> and uh, and you'll just see a, a, a much better crop. Uh, what you get with that is not only if you take and evaluate flower, the flower itself, you can see a stronger flower parts, if you will, the the. Each of the various uh, parts of the flower will be more intense. Uh, you'll see more pollen generated. You'll see stronger pistils. Uh, see, but you see that enhanced. And then that just leads to better pollination. And uh, it leads to more uniform pollination. Uh, you get more uniformity in the fruit. You get a better fruit set. So you give the plant the energy that it needs to set and hold more fruit. And it's just a, a phenomenal product. And it's not just above the ground. What's going on below the oh, ground? Great point. Uh, if you apply breakout to the soil, uh, you're going to get uh, more of those root hairs going out. You're going to get more rooting going on. If you apply it above the ground, you're going to get the stimulation of those uh, fine root hairs as well. So uh, that can be used as a pre-plant additive. It can be used during the crop growth uh, as an additive. Anytime you want more rooting, more root strength. Very good. 
One of the beauties of uh, applying breakout in the soil is all those little white root hairs that you see, you will just see a plethora of those come in and it's just a lot of fun to see. So certain crops, cotton, I'm thinking, talk about breakout on cotton. Yeah, cotton is one of those that responds very well. You're typically applying a, a picks uh, to try to keep that internodal length really short. Uh, you want the internode to be small. And so you're applying a, a picks, which is mepoquat chloride. It's a hormonal product, but it causes the plant to be more short and squatty. If you will apply that with, if you apply breakout with the picks, you get the short squatty, but then you get enhanced blooming and enhanced branching and fruiting. And uh, you can really set a heavy crop onto that cotton plant uh, very quickly using that combination of products. So cotton responds very well. And there are other crops that respond equally as well, but cotton's one of those where it's just a no brainer. If you do it, you're going to say, man, I should have been doing this all along. Uh, sometimes with the mepoquat chloride depicts, it causes the shorter uh, stockiness that you want in a good size cotton plant. But the problem is, is you might ding or you might not see the enhanced flowering, branching, fruiting that you would see if you added the uh, breakout with it. So some of the experiences from the field, guys, on breakout. One of the questions that I would have is I'd like to get your idea of you know, with some of these vegetable crops where we spray every, basically we spray once a week. Putting the Vital and Breakout together at a lower rate versus what we recommend in our portfolio, but putting them together because we have seen great results with that on both vegetables and the berries, not only on fruit sizing, but more bloom on berries, more bloom on, on peppers and things of that nature, but putting the two of them together. These are your indeterminate crops that I talked about earlier. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Makes it fun, doesn't it? Makes me, it allows me to paint a picture. All right. So, Lennon, there are some crop types that maybe you want to be cautious with breakout on. Talk about that a little bit. Sure. I appreciate the question. Uh, there are certain crops that have too many flowers and you're already going to be uh, applying something, whether it's a hormonal product or something, to, to drop those excess uh, flowers and to not have them uh, take. So some, uh, some immediate crops that come to my mind, it would be like an apple. Uh, an apple crop, you have too much flowering already, too many flowers. And if you set all those flowers, you can have little teeny apples. So you don't want to do that. Uh, you don't want to use breakout uh, with apples. Very similar uh, if you're talking about a cantaloupe. Uh, cantaloupe set way too many flowers. And if you're, if you're needing to size them, you've got to You've got, you don't want to apply breakout or you just get too many flowers, too many fruit set, and you won't be able to feed all those mouths enough to be able to finish off the crop. There's some others out there. Uh, there's some other tree crops. There's some other uh, row crops that are very similar where breakout would not necessarily be the recommended uh, time. But boy, those are very rare in nature. Uh, the majority of crops you really want to you really want to push them and, you know, one that you see uh, very strong, uh, a good example of this is tomatoes, where you can set a lot more tomatoes in each stem, if you will. 
And uh, instead of having six, you might have eight tomatoes or you might have instead of having four, you're going to have six. And so that's a very fun time to use breakout is in something like that responds extremely well. Uh, squash responds extremely well. Any of the beans will respond very well to breakout. So, so you might not think about breakout for corn, but... Yes. Actually, breakout for corn early on, uh, as we all know, corn forms the ear inside the stalk very, very early on. I mean, you can take a very young corn plant, you can tear it apart, and you can see the corn ears inside the stalk. And so breakout very early on in that uh, four to six leaf stage, or even a little bit later is very good timing to hit it with breakout. The next time that you would wanna consider applying breakout to corn would be at the uh, tasseling stage. So once you get the tasseling, the silk going together, it will enhance the pollination. So what you'll get is instead of getting skip rows or you'll get these uh, uneven rows in the, in the corn ear, you can get that corn to, to pollinate every one of those silks and be able to get a very uniform, even rows going all the way around the ear, all the, all the way around the cob. And it's also helping the root development, right? All, all at the same time, you bet. Yeah. Yeah. Potatoes. Okay. <laughs> Love potatoes. I know you do. That's <laughs> one of them. Okay. It's my favorite crop. Yeah. Not one of my favorite crops. Any, any good application of breakout for potatoes? Yeah. So you have to be very careful again with, uh, with breakout on potatoes. If you apply breakout early on, you're going to get a lot more hooking, a lot more tuber set. And, and so there's certain varieties that you don't want to have an increase in, in, in the hooking and the tuber set. You're looking for size and so you're wanting to, or you're looking for specific gravity and you don't wanna have to feed a lot of mouths under the hill. So the very best way is to take a look at your variety and see what you need if you want more set. So a good example of that is if you're raising seed potatoes, boy, I would apply breakout with every one of those seed potato crops because you're, you're gonna just stimulate more and you don't need the size necessarily what you really need is is you need more of them and uh, numbers is good so you always harvest seed potato a little bit less mature you don't let it go all the way full season so seed potatoes is a great time to use breakout on the other hand if you're applying something to some of the yellow varieties for example i know some of those varieties that that will set too much fruit and then you won't get the size that you need to make them good chippers or good fry potatoes, uh, you know, later on, some of those uh, high specific gravity type potatoes that you look at, the processing potatoes. And so you want to be careful. Reds, on the other hand, you can have as many reds as you want. The more, the merrier. Or if you're doing heirloom uh, type potatoes, the fingerling potatoes, excellent. Put the breakout to it. Push it. Tell me about, <laughs> tell me about carrots and turkey. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, great, great comment. Uh, that's an embarrassing moment. In Turkey, we were talking about breakout years ago and 
we told them to apply breakout, you know, early on to the carrot crop. And <laughs> what ended up happening is you didn't get the strong tap root. And so you don't want to use breakout with carrots. Uh, you just, uh, if you were going to use it, you might use it at the end of the season as uh, just a, a, an enhancer to expand it. Uh, so, uh, you know, a good way to look at breakout is cellular expansion, uh, horizontal growth. Uh, when you look at vital, you want to look at vertical growth and cellular division. And so in the carrot crop, typically we want to be applying vital, a vital, 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 because you want that taproot to go strong and deep. In cotton, for example, if you're if you're putting it, something with the seed, you would want to do vital with cotton. Any transplant, you'd want to do vital with a taproot. Uh, when I say transplant of an annual crop. Uh, you'd want a you know a tree or a vine. You'd want to apply uh, vital. In row crops, uh, breakout is really good in, in planting a row crop because you're getting that lateral growth. You don't need the tap root. You just want more root mass than breakout would be the the answer there. So very good point. Yes, that was an embarrassing moment. We went <laughs> and looked at the uh, at the carrots and they were kind of squiggly and they had roots coming out all over and uh, and they were short and stubby and they were not what the grower wanted. The grower needed some really long carrots and, uh, you know, uh, long and skinny carrots. And we said, oh, we're sorry. <laughs> we, we, we led you astray. Uh, by the way, that was not my recommendation. It was happened to be the field person involved there that gave that recommendation. But again, all of a sudden you start to learn these tricks and triggers of what you want to paint. And, and so you want them to be happy little carrots and you, so you need to be vital, <laughs> give them vital and, and uh, not break out. So. I don't know how it is. Bob Ross always <laughs> creeps into these conversations here. <laughs> well, I, I just love the concept that these particular products really allow the fieldman, the grower to, to paint that crop, any color that they want, any, any dimension that they need. And uh, they're a lot of fun to work with. I think I'm going to have to put a link on the website to <laughs> some of the Bob Ross videos here, just so, so everybody knows what we're talking about here. Yeah, if you haven't seen Bob Ross, he's a funny, funny painter that makes it fun to paint. Miss Blair, I told you don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, guys, guys in the field, any any more stories about breakout before we move on, Barrett? I will say this: I, I, we've seen a lot. A, a lot of great results on different crops on the breakout. Lyndon and I talked about this last week. I, I learned a lesson a year ago about putting breakout on a, a crop that he mentioned, the cantaloupe. We put on more blooms, and we had the prettiest field in the county, but we weren't able to provide with their nutritional, their liquid nutritional program enough to get those, you know, to give basically on that field, you, you couldn't get the cantaloupes into the right box. They needed more sizing. I mean, they, need, they needed more sizing. We, we were not able to give them the nutrition on what they were showing us that it can do. But it was, I'm not, the grower called me. It's like, Jason, you got to look at this. It's <laughs> just beautiful. But <laughs> the plant was showing us, but like Lyndon mentioned, and, and a lot of the some of his past podcasts that he's done and the conversation that he and I had last week that it's hard to push the nutrition to get it to where it needs to be. 
Well, if you get too many mouths to feed, it's hard to do. Too many mouths to feed. So, Barrett, any stories from you? Um, I know one of our distributors in Iran was uh, applying breakout for one of their first times, I believe, and and saw uh, took some pictures and saw some great results with the, the strength of the flower. Not only did the I think it was apples or apricots and linen you might know, but but the, he took a side by side picture of a of the crop with or pulled off the flower of each of those and and compared those two in one picture. You could just see the strength of the flower, the the stamens, just how strong they were and not only did it produce more, but it produced a lot more better quality of a flower. Yep, that's what it does. So, Linda, why don't we <laughs> move from Breakout into Golden Pro? Tell us a little bit about Golden Pro does and what we expect from it. Well, in the sequence of, of these uh, growth managers, we like to talk about Vital and Breakout in those early stages. And then in the in the fruit sizing and the latter mid stage, uh, we love to talk about Golden Pro. Golden Pro is one that's uh, relatively new to our Humagro family. Uh, we came up with that about 10 years ago. And uh, Golden Pro has the added benefit of having a higher calcium and a higher potassium level than does the uh, Vital Breakout uh, combinations. And so when you can add the calcium into the formula and get it going right, it really does a dramatic number at not only enhancing the size, but it also enhances the quality of the fruit. And so you can see uh, right to the row when you apply Golden Pro, uh, you can see right to the row a deeper green in the leaves. You get a, a darker green, and it just means that that photosynthesis is going stronger. And then you see uh, the fruit, you can actually, as a non-treated versus a treated fruit, you can see the increase in the potassium and the calcium levels that are so essential to making that fruit uh, have better specific gravity. If you're talking about a, a potato or if you're talking about a peach or some other stone fruit, you can talk about the storability, the strength of that fruit to to withstand the rigors of harvest and going on to the shelf. Uh, the shelf life of that uh, fruit in the store is enhanced by that. And so, you know, we talk about kind of a sequence of Vital Breakout, uh, Golden Pro, and then the jackpot uh, type products. Anyway, uh, it's just a lot of fun to look at what you can do in terms of fruit sizing and uh, enhancing the fruit quality. Not only do you size it, but you enhance the quality, the uniformity of that fruit, getting it ready for harvest. So it's it's just a, a beautiful thing. Uh, you can see it right to the row. It's uh, another one of those very strong products that we love to share, love to paint that crop with. You've done all this work to get the fruit set with breakout. You, you've done all the work to keep the plant growing with Vital, and you can come in and use the Golden Pro. And you're, if you're talking about indeterminate crops, you can alternate a Vital with a Golden Pro and, uh, and steep, keep using breakout. If you've got ongoing flowering, you can alternate the Vital and the Golden Pro together and get even more strength into that, uh, that crop that's maturing on top of the ones that you're trying to set with ongoing breakout. So again, just a, an opportunity to really make a difference out there in the field. A lot of fun. You guys uh, in the field, what are you seeing? One of the other things that I would add with Golden Pro, 
especially with citrus growers or anybody that uh, has anything to do with that, that, they, that they get paid on on pound solids or sugars, and Golden Pro is also going to increase their brick. Absolutely and right. That, that's, a, that's a big interest. And I, I have been told several times by citrus growers that, man, if you can increase my bricks by one point, just one point, that will pay for my harvest and it will pay for my transportation all at the same time. And that's where I see Golden Pro coming in to, to fit all those needs and then some. Absolutely right. And it's the phosphorus that moves the sugars, by the way. But when you have the right amount of potassium and calcium, that's what really enhances the solids. And so you get a double whammy. It's uh, just a, a fun, fun combination. Again, we're stimulating the increase of sugar movement. We're stimulating the, the cytokinins, the auxins still that you saw with the breakout, but we're doing it in a little different way, a little different approach to get to the end of what we're looking for. So it's exciting. So that would lead us then into jackpot, the final one that we're going to talk about today. Talk to us about what jackpot does and, and how it, what kind of number it does on the hormones for that. Jackpot is one that st it stimulates the production of ethanol. It causes the plant to go into senescence. Uh, when you spray it on the leaf, it actually causes the leaf to kind of, it dings the leaf a little bit and causes the movement of nutrients out of the leaf into the fruit. And this is a, a very exciting thing that we see that that allows the fruit to not only finish, uh, but it increases the size, the uniformity of that fruit and really makes that fruit have greater storability. It's a high potassium product that will move the nutrients out of the leaf into the into the fruit. This is one that you can also enhance fruit color with jackpot. It does a great job on, on enhancing the fruit color. There's many uh, types of fruit that you need a better color, a more intense color. Uh, you can see it with melons. You can see it with stone fruit. You can see it with grapes, uh, certain varieties of grapes where you want a more intense color. You can see that difference just show up uh, very quickly. Jackpot, the timing of that is pretty specific. We're looking for 14 to 21 days prior to harvest, or in the case of cotton, 14 to 21 days prior to defoliation. And uh, you want to be as close to that harvest time as you possibly can, or as close to in potatoes, for example, it's uh, 14 to 21 days prior to vine kill or, or vine mowing as some places uh, do. They, they just cut off the tops of the vines. And so you want uh, to apply it in enough time to allow it to uh, to really go in and do a, do a great number. Jackpot is not one of those that you would apply to an indeterminate crop because it would stifle the uh, onset of new blooms. It would stifle the uptake of the ongoing growth that you would get uh, that you need when you're setting blooms and harvesting fruit at the same time. Uh, so jackpot has that limitation. Another limitation to jackpot is if you have a crop that's growing very vigorously, it probably means that the leaf nitrate levels are too high. We always say that anything above 2,500, you need to apply some kind of a nitrogen blocker, whether that would be a high level of molybdenum uh, to block the nitrogen, or if you wanted to apply a sugar 
uh, you might do that. And we always tease about sugar is very cheap, but at the end of the season, if you need to block that nitrogen, then applying a couple of pounds per acre of sugar is uh, in with the jackpot is a wise move to be able to allow that uh, leaf nitrate level to go down enough so the jackpot can get in and do its job. Again, you, you're, you're stimulating the plant to do what we want it to do at the end of the season in, in fruit sizing, fruit uniformity, fruit quality. And uh, a, another good example of that would be in cotton. Uh, you can get that top crop. Uh, that's one area where a cotton grower can really make money is if he can finish that top crop uh, before he he harvests. Um, many people say the bottom crop, the lower crop is how you you uh, farm cotton, but the top crop is what makes you money. And so if you can finish that top crop by applying a, a jackpot, then then that's a really good way to go. In some countries, we call jackpot yield max. Uh, it truly is a yield maximizer, yield quality, yield quantity. Uh, it maximizes that yield, yield uniformity, uh, really makes it sing. So uh, it's great. We never apply jackpot, I'll make this caveat, without applying some calcium. Again, calcium needs to go in with that potassium. Unfortunately, we can't pre-mix that because they just don't want to mix. So the high pH of the jackpot uh, needs to be remain there, and yet we need to be able to have the calcium. So we, we mix that in the field as we go. Uh, we find some tricks to make that work, or we apply it separately, but we always get the calcium in with the jackpot. So I, I think I've covered some of those little tricks and triggers. Anything else from the field, uh, Barrett or Jason? Linda, what if we put out a little bit of Super-K or some Max-Pack or any other nutrients that might be more needed at the finishing stage with that jackpot? Would that help at all? Yes, uh, certainly. If you know, and again, all of these should be uh, applied with a balance, what we call a balance. And that means you've taken a tissue sample or you've taken a sap analysis and you know what's deficient in there. All of these should be kind of the carriers for that uh, nutrient balance to meet the full nutrient spectrum of what that crop needs. So let's say that uh, at bloom, you've got a zinc deficiency. Then you would apply a little zinc with, or Zmax with that uh, breakout. If you have toward the end of the season, you know you're deficient in a particular micronutrient or macronutrient, then you would apply that. You might need a little extra nitrogen, for example, with the jackpot. Uh, that's good. Uh, it, it can enhance, for example, a little extra nitrogen with the jackpot for a grain crop like wheat uh, will enhance the protein level. And so there's little tricks that you can do with specific types of crops to increase the protein level. Uh, at the same time, you're finishing that crop, uh, you know, from that soft dough stage to getting it into the uh, to the grain. Um, so good point. What was your point again, Barrett? Maybe I missed it. Maybe I said it. Maybe I didn't. Uh, adding oh. certain nutrients into the jackpot application. Yeah, I didn't exactly say max pack, but yes. Yep, you certainly could. So, Lyndon, could you walk us through? We've talked about a series of, of four products that are often used as part of a suite of products, right? Uh, for a particular crop, help the audience understand from beginning to end when you might apply which one and why. 
A good, good point. The very best way to look at it is in a tree crop. Uh, let's go through tree crops for a minute. You get bud swell in the early spring. You want to be applying breakout to that. If, if you need more blooming, <laughs> you want to apply breakout to that uh, bud swell time. And then later on, as it, uh, as it matures and you get fruit set, you might apply breakout to give more leaves, which will enhance the photosynthesis. And then after you've had fruit set, uh, enhanced growth, then you want to size that fruit uh, by using Golden Pro. And then at the end, you want to use uh, the jackpot calcium mix to finish the crop. So that's a tree crop kind of going from beginning to end. If you're talking about a row crop, a determinate uh, row crop, uh, let's use a tomato. You want to start out with uh, Vital early. You want to hit it with breakout when it starts to bloom or early bloom and really kick it into, uh, into the blooming phase. Then you want to, once you've got fruit set, then you want to come in with your Golden Pro and at the end of the season, you want to hit it with jackpot calcium to finish that. Those are typically the, the processing tomatoes that are, you know, used in California or in Florida that are harvested all at one time. It would be the same with any other crop that you harvest uh, at one time. If it's indeterminate crop, then you want to apply uh, Vital early, breakout at first bloom, and then come back with Vital breakout together or Vital or breakout and Golden Pro together to give it more calcium and potassium for that older fruit. So those are the ways to alternate that. And you would never use jackpot in an indeterminate crop. Um, in a grain crop, you want to use Vital early. You could either use Vital early or breakout early and then use uh, breakout at flowering or at uh, flag leaf stage for the grain, uh, at tasseling for the corn. Um, and then be able to finish that crop with Golden Pro at soft dough or at milk stage. And then at soft dough stage, come in with your uh, jackpot calcium. Vines uh, for grapes, uh, you'd want to hit, you wouldn't want to use uh, breakout at all. Uh, you just go Vital, Vital, Vital because you set too many flowers. So for vines, you typically wouldn't want that. Um, if you're raising kiwi, then uh, throwing uh, breakout in there at flowering would be a, a very wise thing. But something like grapes, uh, you wouldn't want to set too many. Maybe in wine grapes, you might go ahead and, and stimulate the number of, of fruit there because you really don't care about that. You care, carry, care more about the, the number of fruit. And the more that you have, the more berries you have, the more liquid you'll get out of it uh, for the wine grape industry. What else? So for people who are not familiar with the products, they might be amazed to know how little product we're talking about applying. We're not talking about tons. We're not talking about gallons. We're talking about quarts per acre. Exactly. Yeah, these are uh, in row crops, uh, in the smaller crops, you're talking about one quart to two quarts max. And in tree crops, you're talking about two quarts to four quarts max. Doesn't take very much to get a lot done. So these, these products all have little triggers in them. I'll just use that term. They have a lot, they are very complex products that have a lot of component parts, uh, more than just the NPK that you see on the label. And so these are true, 
uh, well, we can't tell you that they're biostimulants today, but they are true. Someday we'll be able to call them a true <laughs> biostimulant. I can't say that today, but someday we'll be able to call them a true biostimulant. They are going to trigger that plant to produce the hormonal response. Several years ago, we put together a chart that uh, tracks the hormonal growth patterns between trees and vines versus row crops. Uh, I think Dr. Moj has that chart if you're looking for it. And uh, you could be able to grab that and take a look at kind of that sequencing that might go on in terms of the hormonal response that you're getting. And again, we're mostly talking about foliar application. Absolutely. So far, we've talked about all foliar applications in the sequencing. Uh, the only time we're talking about soil applied would be at planting or at early growth. Or if you just knew that uh, in a drip system, you knew you needed more rooting, then you could either stimulate the taproot or stimulate the, uh, the root hairs to grow. So good point. All right. Gentlemen, general questions? Or comments? Obviously, the Vital and the Breakout have and the Jackpot all have nutrition as far as MPK and some micros in them. Does that really play a role if I've got a phosphorus deficiency and I apply breakout, or does, does that phosphorus get utilized in the hormonal processes that's utilizing, that's undergoing? Yeah, I appreciate you asking that question. You don't want to count the nutrients that are in these products as nutrients. You want to add the nutrients that you might need. Now, there may be something small like an iron, zinc, or a manganese that in very small amounts, you wouldn't need to apply extra. So whenever we look at the addition of nutrients, we always say if it's less than two ounces per acre, don't worry about applying it. If it's greater than a need of two ounces per acre, then you might want to supplement it. And again, we typically take a look at all the nutrients together in the package. If you have macronutrients going out there and you've got micronutrient deficiencies as well, you take your highest deficiencies and treat those. Uh, so if you've got, if you do a tissue sample or a, or a sap analysis and you find that you've got, well, I'm just gonna use the outside excuse. You've got 10 nutrients that you need to apply. You're deficient in those. You really wanna take out the lower ones and just to focus on the higher ones. Um, sometimes when we stimulate the plant by treating a deficiency, it will stimulate the root growth to go down and forage out for those lower micronutrients, if you will. So it's a great point, Barrett. Appreciate you bringing that up. That's a very key, it's part of this being a, a crop artist, you know, if you will, is, is being able to know that you don't need to apply every nutrient that's deficient, but you certainly want to apply those that are major deficiencies. Uh, you've got to apply those with uh, these growth managers. Other questions, Jason? You know, I, I went and walked and, and I talked with a lot of growers and, and looked at the fields and that are using Humagro products. And, of course, they're not just using what we're speaking of today. They're using many more. But one of their questions, if I can build it all up together, is we're utilizing Vital and Breakout. And this is a regional thing, so it's going to be on strawberries and, and vegetable crops. However... Jason has introduced Golden Pro and Silmat and has also talked to us about Acamol. How do we know when, how to circulate these different products 
when we spray every five to seven days, how do we know how to rotate these products in? There's two ways to look at that, Jason. I appreciate that question. It's a good one. And most growers suffer from that um, because they don't really know. And, And the best answer is to do it the easiest way possible. The earlier you get a little bit on, the better. We love the spoon feed concept. But look, you can't mix all of those together at the same time every week. It just becomes too onerous. So maybe you enhance one one week, adding a little bit higher rate of silica. And then another week you enhance, uh, you know, by using a, a crop guard. So there's many more uh, products in this optimal growth manager realm that can be, we haven't talked about crop guard and the benefits that you can see, the Activol, the Defend are are all products that can enhance everything we've talked about. Maybe we'll do another one on those products as well. But today's focus was on these principal growth managers so that you knew what to have in your toolbox and how to paint uh, your happy little trees (laughs) or happy little plants in the field. So good point. Good point. And a point that we want to make sure to make is that there is so much that you can do with these products that you really want to talk to your Humagro representative. You'll notice you go on our website, you look in our catalogs, you really don't see a lot of set crop programs because you want to be that painter of the crops. You want to use the products to help you get the crop that you need at this moment on this soil in this market. Make sure that you're providing what you need so that you get what you need. I I always like to say that this is science. This is solid science. These products were developed with solid science by very smart people. And uh, having said that, the application of them is an art. And so if you take the science and the art together, you can do some uh, awesome things. It just makes it so fun to go out there and really manipulate that plant to do what we want it to do when we want it to do it. Any other comments, questions, guys? Yeah, did I miss anything, Barrett or Jason, you want me to add? I'll share one more incredible story about breakout. And uh, if I hadn't seen the pictures, I wouldn't believe it. But in Mexico, they use uh, branches of trees as the sticks, as the poles, to hold up the tomatoes and the chilies and, you know, anything that's planted out in the field. And uh, they came through and sprayed breakout. And within a couple of weeks, we actually saw some of those stakes flowering and uh, you saw them growing. So it, it regenerated those uh, those stakes to become trees. <laughs> anyway, it's fascinating. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure as always. And we'll see you again on the next podcast. And thank you, Larry, for all you're doing to put these together. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Hemigrow Farmer. Keep following these podcasts for the latest information on enhancing your crops using Hemigrow products. Grow healthy.